can dance if we want to We can leave your plans behind Cause your friends don't dance And if they don't dance Well, they're no friends of mine Say, we can go where we want to you can go where you want to and you found your way here to the Safe Toddles Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Grace Ambrose-Zakin, inventor of the pediatric bell cane and current president and CEO of the nonprofit Safe Toddles. Our mission is to provide blind or mobility visually impaired toddlers with a solution for walking independently with safety. This year, I have been sharing the interviews I conducted in 1999 through 2001 with over 100 employed adults who were blind or mobility visually impaired. The interviews are about their experiences before, during, and after receiving orientation and mobility instruction. Today, I'm sharing the interview I conducted with Jerry. Uh, today, I'm sharing the interview with Jerry, conducted March 11, 2001. Jerry is visually impaired, but not what I would consider mobility visually impaired, except at night. His experiences at night in winter snow demonstrate the resilience of mankind in the face of daunting odds, but also how alone people with visual impairments seem to feel. Never once has he considered bringing up his difficulties to a trained professional to seek out additional training and support or new tools to try to make his travel easier. Let's listen to the adventures of Jerry in Detroit. State, your full name. Okay, Jerry. Okay, and your date of birth? 50. Okay, where were you born? In Pontiac, Michigan. And where do you live now? Royal Oak, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. Uh, what do you do for a living? I work for the Internal Revenue Service. I'm a away these days. Uh, contact representative. I work for Automated Collection Branch. I used to work with Taxpayer Service, but uh, we're in collection now. I've been there 25 years this year. Neat. It's a living. It's good to call your friend. <laughs> your friend. <laughs> Anybody who works for the IRS. <laughs> People just back away. <laughs> oh, sir. Um, where did you go to college? I uh, got an associate degree at uh, Michigan Christian Junior College. It's called Rochester College now. It's in Rochester, Michigan. Okay. How long have you had a vision impairment? All my life. I'm a, I had ROP. Okay. So, yep, all my life. Uh, could you describe your current functional vision? Uh, it's very low. How do you say it? Maybe, maybe a very large object. I can see well enough to like walk down a sidewalk, that sort of thing. But it's not much more than that anymore. So, growing up, um, you had fairly good vision. Well, that, that's relative. I don't think I ever got up to 20 over 200. Uh -huh. Maybe it's about 20 over 400, something like that. It was a lot better than it is now. But nothing anywhere near approaching, I think, the, you know, margin of legal blindness, really. And you always had trouble with uh, any kind of uh, glare or lighting conditions or darkness? Or? Uh, yeah, I, had, I always had trouble in the dark. Uh, I, the lighter it was, the better it was for me. I always liked outside, you know, because I could, whatever vision I have was really be a lot better. With, uh, the more light you could get, the better off I was. When did you first realize you were visually impaired? 
I had them. Yeah, I know I, I know I had them. Plus you can, I, I have, what do they call it, facial vision or whatever, so I can, I can hear, hear, large, hear large objects. So, you know, you can hear openings and, you know, where the doors are. You could, um, you know, if you're walking by something, if I didn't notice it some other way, I could tell by the, you know, the absence of sound, all that kind of thing. Neat. Um, so do you think not having a cane was a problem, or...? Uh, for me, it wasn't, I don't think. Once I learned mobility when I was in the sixth grade, if I went any, any place real big, like we were real busy, like, uh, like across, um, we had to cross at lights and things like that, from what I remember, I would use the cane. So most of the time I didn't use it, but uh, once I learned the skills, I thought it was important to use the cane mainly at that point for for other people, so they'd know I was blind. Oh yeah. Now that I don't have vision anymore, I've got to use it for me. Yeah. So was that so that would make people more aware of you? Uh, right. And right. And for the things that I couldn't watch out for, they'd have to watch out for that kind of thing. remember as a method that was used to teach you O&M? Well, they, uh, uh, they blindfolded me. Uh, and so I, I learned to use the cane basically with no vision at all. <laughs> and I don't remember if like part of the way through this oh, six or eight week course, I, I have no idea how long it actually was. It was like for two or three hours on Saturday morning over a number of weeks. And, um, Mostly I was blindfolded, but uh, I'm thinking maybe toward the end, I didn't use the blindfold, but I did a lot of the basic cane work uh, with the blindfold, which which I think is actually good. Yeah. Uh, especially what? when you got vision like I have, and you tend to rely on it maybe more than you should, or maybe think you can see more than you can. Right. Um, so you did indoors, outdoors? Uh, mainly outdoors. We probably did indoors. I mean, this was 1962, so what was it, 40 years ago? Yes. Uh, there's a few details I can't remember. Yeah, no, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I realize that. <laughs> so, um, mostly outdoors, and did you remember, like, going on buses or doing anything like that? No, we didn't do that. We mainly went downtown Pontiac, which was a pretty thriving uh, downtown area at that time. Now it's dead, but that's another subject entirely. Yeah. But at, uh, uh, we'd drive downtown. He'd pick me up at my house, and we'd drive downtown and just walk around. Um, we must have gone in stores, but I can't I can't really remember doing it. Most of the stuff I remember is, is, is basically outside. I think maybe we did uh, some things at the very beginning. Cause he came to the he came to the school, and I think we. Uh, we probably worked a little bit there, but I don't actually remember. I remember being in the school, but I don't remember working in the school. But that, that would be logical to assume that we did, especially so he could determine what I, you know, where I was at. Yeah. So you worked with the blindfold, and you worked, uh, did you work on using your vision also? Not that I can remember. And was he your only mobility instructor? At that point, yeah. I didn't have mobility again until I went to college prep.
strategies that you found most helpful? Less helpful. I can't think of anything that that they wanted me to do that I didn't think was very helpful. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything. So was it all helpful or? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really do. Um, what are some of the things that you use today that you learned, do you think, back then? Um, things like, well, I, I, I guess That's too bad. Yeah, right. New York City, you're not allowed to. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. The law is the other way. Yeah, I don't remember when they did it um, up here, but uh, this was years ago. But yeah, now, if, if, if it's free, unless they, there's certain places that if there's a certain kind of sign, you can't. But, of course, I can't tell what that sign is and what is not. Right. Um, you always have to watch out for it. Um, so mainly, I guess, the traffic pattern. I still have enough vision so I can see the white lines, and that makes it that makes it nice. Um, sure. And uh, I don't know. Um, I thought it comes to mind right now. I just, yeah. I just do it, you know. Yeah. Um, we had a real good mobility uh, program. At, I went to. Uh, it used to be called Michigan Rehabilitation Center for the Blind in Kalamazoo in 1974. Uh, I was. 24 at the time, and they had an excellent uh, mobility uh, course there. I mean, they ran you through everything. They would they would tell you to find so-and-so business and actually go there. And, I mean, they didn't even take you outside. I mean, it was just, you, you had to go out, get on the bus, do the whole nine yards, and get there and go in the waiting room of whatever business this was. It was, it was kind of interesting. Uh, I liked it at the time because it was more... It was kind of trial under fire, really. Yeah. But man, that would that would really uh, that would really that really taught you. Yeah. It really did, and I, I'm glad I went through it. I, like I said, at the time I don't think I really liked it much, but um, I was young and foolish then. I was more work than anything, but uh, um, but now it, 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 you know, I can look back on it in my ripe old age of 51 and think, man, it, that was really it was good for me. So would they go with you? Um. Yeah, they would, but they were they were mainly they weren't with you. They were with you, but not with you. Yeah. I think sometimes they would even drive to these places, and you take the bus, and they drive, and they wait for you. Right. And then you'd um, you'd get off the bus, and you'd find the place. And remember, this one place was in a warehouse. This was really weird. But anyway, it was uh, that was kind of an interesting. Uh, uh, I forgot the name, but I I, I should know. But it was this guy's office was on like the second floor of a warehouse. as part of a lesson? Um, not that I can remember. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, toward the end of it, they, they would kind of eventually meet each other, but I don't 
really no place to walk. I had to end up having to walk in a, um, uh, you know, in a mile out here, which is awful dog. I'm busy. And, and plus you get somewhat disoriented because there's no real landmarks, just a bunch of snow piles all over the place. Right. So you were walking in the street. Yeah. Because that was the only real clear place. place. But it was a very major road. Yep. Sure was. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, you can't walk across the snow. No, you can't. It's just, you can't climb on piles. And get all wet and... Right, and uh, we had some big snowstorms last year, year before, and like that, and to the point where, I think that's the first time in my life I ever got to the point where it was almost not doable. Began to really wonder if it was even doable or not, and if it's not doable, what in the world are you going to do? Right. Uh, but fortunately, I was able to. Uh, what was not doable? Uh, able to go if, go any place from where you were. In other words, with all the snow piles, I was almost boxed in. Yeah. And I, the, the one the one time I ended up um, going down into the street again, there was another fellow who was walking along, and I had to jump down about a three foot drop to the street. Mm. Normally there's nothing, but they you know they plowed the streets and plowed all the snow up onto the sidewalk. Right. So we walked down, and then I, I came to my cross street and came down. But uh, I remember, you know, you, you can you can get off like 50 feet one direction or another, and you might as well be a mile and a half away. I remember that I think the last time I really got aggravated, uh, it was in January. The snow was clearing off some, and so I told him to let me off at the end of my street. Well, what he did was he let me off in the driveway of the gas station. Well, it's not a gas station anymore, but it doesn't matter. Uh, right next to that. So I'm like 50 feet to the, you know, further on down than I thought I was. So I'm getting off here, and I'm starting to walk. And I look up, and I see a street light. Well, I think it's the light in the middle of the, uh, uh, of the street. Well, it wasn't. It was light at the back of the parking lot by the street. So I'm walking along. All of a sudden, I walk the hood dip. And I thought, no, there's no dip in this street. What in the world is going on? So I, I walk to the back, and then there's this running vehicle, and, and I see this light, and I see, realize what's going on, I think, I'm not quite sure where I am. I still didn't quite figure it out. And then, um, I had had it by that time, you know, going to work every day and all that. I had finally had it, and I took the cane, and I just slammed it down on the, uh, on the, on the ground. Wrote hmm. the tip off. It now looks like a bow and arrow without the arrow. Hmm. And, uh, so then I, you know what you do you, if, if you don't know where you are you go back to where you started so i retraced my steps i thought i bet you i'm in the parking lot well there's a there's a telephone uh there's a pole with a telephone on that people can drive through and use it use the payphone so payphone was exactly where i expected it to be once i thought about it okay. and then i walked over walked down the street and went home but man i was mad i was really mad and then, you know, you're mad, and then you break your cane. <laughs> <laughs> then you get madder. Yeah, it was almost a brand new one. It's like, I had just been about a month before. How much did you break it? I mean, was this, were you still being able to use it? or? Not really. It was, it was, I don't like to use wavy canes. I couldn't straighten out to the point. I tried to straighten it out to the point where it would it look halfway decent, but it doesn't. It didn't. The tip was broke off. I had a regular cylinder tip, so that snapped off. And then, and then the whole thing was just, walk home, uh, what'd you do? That was fine. I mean, I, I could use it yeah. for that because it wasn't, it was more of a, of a 
is an is an a turn or a is a bow and arrow. Bow and arrow, right? Okay. It was more of an arch than it was, but it wasn't a big arch. So this was an aluminum stringing. Folding. Folding. Yeah. Gotcha. So the you know, so the joints He must have really <laughs> you hit that thing. I did. I did. <laughs> I think it was about 
strategies do you use? Do you retrace your steps? Yeah, if you can. Um, this, this one time, well, I worked overtime. Uh, I don't know if I told Peg about this. Uh, I worked overtime last November, and uh, I'm not used to walking around downtown after dark. Because mm -hmm. I do use my vision to do whatever do where I can. And, um, uh, right downtown, one of the major intersections, which has a divided street, and uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm walking, I walked across one side, and I start walking across the other, and I angled slightly and got out into this cross street, and I turned around and saw a car stop where no car should be, and then I realized I am totally screwed up now, and then I wasn't quite sure, you know, because right then when you're in the middle of a major intersection like that, you know, you make the wrong, you can get into a worse situation, yeah. you know? But there was another fellow coming along right then, and he said, he told me where to go. I'm not sure quite what I would have done at that point. Sometimes you just have to stop and say, I don't care what happens, you're going to have to wait for me while I figure out how not to get killed here. Yes. So, uh, uh, I had not come up with a, with what I was going to do, because I just turned around a car should not have been there, and I realized, no, you are in deep snow here. And, uh, and then the other guy came along because he was crossing too. But that really shook me up. <sighs> it can happen so easily. Right. Especially when you're on a familiar route. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years. Uh, this particular place, they, they took away my bus stop and moved it down two blocks. It was a building a building, and I used to go to this bus stop 10 years ago, but it's still, well, I've only been doing it a few months, and I hadn't done it at night like that. And you know, you go along, you, you, I think apathy, not apathy, what's the word? You think, you know? You're like, you're familiar, you're too familiar. Exactly. You're so familiar with it. Yeah. You, you, you get sort of, you tune out. Yeah. Even, and then, just at the wrong time, you realize you should not have been doing that. There is a word for that. I can't think of what it is. Good idea, I think. <laughs> No. Yeah, uh, maybe? I don't know, but yeah, I, I... It'll come to us. <laughs> um, other than the bus and walking, um, what other sorts of transportation do you use? Uh, I do a whole heck of a lot. I used to uh, go on trips for IRS. I haven't done that in quite a few years. That was interesting. That was kind of like a big adventure. Yeah. I went down to Cincinnati for training and went down to Atlanta for, uh, I was a, a part of a group that kind of helped out get some new technology going back when refreshable braille displays were coming out and all of that. That was quite interesting doing that, Cincinnati and Atlanta. How do you feel about traveling alone to unfamiliar places? Uh, I don't really like it. I've had, I've had, uh, I've gotten kind of lazy in the last few years because, uh, uh, I don't really, you know, since my kids got big enough, I, I would take my kids every place, and then they, uh, they're adults now, but uh, um, I don't go around traveling alone anymore. Time might be a little bit rusty. I can oh, could you? I'm sorry, someone's at my door unexpectedly. Thank you. to unfamiliar places? Um, you mean like other cities and that sort of thing? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, usually, um, IRS would, would tell you where you're going to stay. 
family just just uh, find a way to the airport. A lot of times that we have like transportation services around here. Where you you can pay. Uh, um, you know, some some of the places some will they'll come to your door, pick you up, take you to the airport, and then you know, just let the airlines know that you know I'm blind and that they so you, that up here. I imagine almost every city they have people at the airport that can you know take you to the gates and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 they're usually pretty much know what they're doing. And then, um, you know, when you get to the destination, you tell the person that they meet you there, well, okay, I'm going to, I need to go to the hotel, and they'll, they'll, you know, they know how to do that. And well, at, the, at the hotel, um, whoever helped you with the bags, I get them to you know, tell me a little bit about the hotel and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. What do you want to know? Um, a lot of things I won't tell uh, like where the restaurant is and uh, the layout of the lobby and some of those hotel lobbies are harder to get around in than the city. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, and, and the, uh, I ask them things like, uh, uh, you know, how do you make out calls on the phone? Or, uh, things are getting more complicated now with the, uh, uh, I haven't had to travel in so long by myself, but, the, but since, since, since I did, they've come out with the, you know, everybody's got remotes now. Back when I was doing it, it wasn't too difficult to figure out how to use the uh, television or whatever, but now they're all practically as complicated as the space shuttle. <laughs> you have to have somebody. I remember the last trip, last trip I took, I had to go down to the lobby and ask them if I had pressed any pay-per-view channels. I didn't want any of that. Right. So I, I uh, did that. That was in the late 80s, but uh, uh, I would ask them, you know, things like that and uh, have them help me get, you know, only into two, Take them, to, tell them to take 
get back and all that. So um, it, it's really nice working in an organization like that to have a lot of blind people. Oh, I bet. Uh, they just under, they do things to, you know, make it the easier way or whatever. Just make it right. Um, how do you establish your position in the environment? Um, I'm not quite sure of the question. Um, what sorts of things do you use to know where you are? Okay. Um, well, usually when I get off the bus in the morning, you know, I've got enough vision to, to this one building I look for. This one slender, very tall building that I'll look and see if that's where it should be. If it's moved, I know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, my wife says. So it's, uh, I'll, I'll usually start with the bigger things and go down to the smaller things. Because as far as I go every day, you know, it's not very, it's not really varied. So it's, uh, um, I'll look at the bigger things, okay, are these the buildings I recognize? Uh, if they are, then okay, you know, I'm going to walk around the planters. they got these big cement planters, just the right, right. so to, to get your kneecap. Mm -hmm. um, and then I get off their corner, so uh, I guess I go from large things to small things. So the building is the, the shape and the size? Right. Um, it's, it, this building's kind of neat because it's got, it's made of marble, and it's, the foundation of the building like angles out and then meets the ground at an angle. So I'll, I'll uh, like walk straight across and, and hit that. The cane will slide up onto the marble uh, base and, and then I'll go in you know, one direction or another. Neat. Uh, have you used, do you use maps of any kind? No. I, I've got, um, I don't go a lot of new places, like I was saying, I kind of got lazy in the last several years. I'm not one of these real adventuresome people, so uh, I'm, I'm a creature of habit, so I haven't gone that many new places. And I, I've got a, if I do say so myself, an excellent spatial knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I'll talk to people and, and have them tell me you know, how to get from here to here and here, and it, it pretty much sticks. So I don't, I don't need to... Uh, like, I've, I always know what direction it's in, unless I get really turned around. Uh, I've always got kind of like an internal compass, so I don't, I don't need maps. And a lot of people really need them because they just they don't have a space, very good spatial relationship. I know a lot of people with ROP tell me they don't, uh, but I lucked out and do have one. Well, I imagine talking to people, you've had people who give good and people who don't give good directions. <laughs> yeah. What is What would be examples of good directions that people give you to places? Uh, good directions. Uh, I'm not directions. I can't really think of any that were really good. Uh, people out on the street are normally pretty good okay. about, you know, telling me, a lot of the times what I'll do is, uh, is I'll, I'll have already have a fairly good idea and I'll tell them, you know, I'm looking for so-and-so, you know, and if they, if they're unclear, I'll, I'll point in whatever direction I think they're talking about, you know, okay, so you go down one block this way and I'll point and then turn to your left and go on one block and I'll say, yeah. Um, Working with uh, taxes all these years, mm -hmm. uh, now that's something people just uh, don't understand. So I've got into the habit of 
one lady at work, it was, it was so funny. Her name is Fayette. And she, she says she can't give a good reason. She does. I was standing right in front of her. She was facing me, and I was facing her. And I was asking, where did it go? So she said, go straight ahead. And I stand there, I'm like, no, Fayette. She, she just straight ahead. I said, Fayette, if I go straight ahead, I'm going to run smack into you. And she said, I told you I can't give a good she meant for you to turn around? I don't know what she meant, but I still don't know quite what she meant. <laughs> we were facing her. We were standing face to face, about a foot and a half away, about two feet away. She said, straight ahead. She kept saying, straight ahead, straight ahead. So she might have meant straight ahead for her. Turn around and go backwards, huh? <laughs> I, I, I teased her about that. But uh, some people just, they don't know their love from their right. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes it's been green for a while, and they say it's green, but really it's about to turn. That, that, I've seen that on more than one occasion. It's like, yeah, well, you're not being very helpful right now. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> um, what one thing that happens frequently when you're traveling that you like the least? Um, the bus driver's not remembering to let you off. You gotta really remind them. Yeah. Really remind them. And I wish they'd pay attention a little bit more. And then usually, well, downtown Detroit, uh, I know it's about time to get off because the road gets kind of rough. And I'll ask them. Sometimes I'm paying attention to something else and I won't. They'll let me have about a block or two down further. Then the whole route to get to the building is different. And it's no big deal, but I can't sleep on the way to it. You know, I go back to the Actually, I have to pay attention where I'm going a little bit more. And, uh, right. But uh, it, it just drives me nuts. Especially if it's like the dead of winter and it's not light outside and I can't use the vision I've got very effectively. Yeah. Uh, and I really have to be careful. But I think, yeah, it's the bus driver's not. When they want to help. Ask me if I need help. Yeah. Uh, people will tell them, say, where are you going? Thank you. 
Mike? Uh, no. Um, back when I was a kid, my nephew and I went, um, we were riding bikes and uh, uh, it got late enough I couldn't ride the bike, so I was walking the bike and this, we were in a park and, and I got hit by a car. Hmm. I guess I would be traveling, but it was, I was very lucky because it hit the bike first and then hit me and just knocked me down. Oh, gosh. Seriously hurt me. It was all on a dirt road so it could go that fast. But uh, that's the only time that I, I've been you know, pretty blessed. Whose fault do you think it was? Um, it was his. Because yeah. Because uh, yeah, it, it was in a park and it was uh, a dirt road going through the park back on the main highway. We were way, uh, maybe a quarter of a mile from the main highway. And uh, um, he should have been watching what he was doing. Sure. Do you belong to any professional or consumer organizations? No, uh, I sure don't. Okay. Uh, what do you attribute to your present level of mobility? What do I attribute it to? Mm -hmm. The instruction I got from mobility instructors. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm answering that. Yeah, no, that's great. I, uh, we had the opportunity recently to uh, conference for mobility instructors and teachers of vision impaired over here near us and they asked us to come and become and be one of the vendors so we did that and they had it all in the same room and uh, so we got to hear the speeches and stuff and, and they were mainly talking about teaching kids and and I haven't dealt with mobility instructors since I was old 25 or something like that and even back then it was it was more of a chore you know I'm, I gotta go to these lessons and do these now I'm 51, I've got grown children, I've, I've got a new grandchild, so it's like I see the whole thing from a different perspective, and I, I looked at these these kids that were learning these things, and and I, I'm sitting there, sitting there thinking, you know, this this is why I can do the stuff that I can do. This is how come I can go to work every day, go on these trips, and uh, and do all these things, and I, I came away with a real sense of appreciation for all of you people who do these things, and uh, whole new, whole new outlook on it. Um, it is vitally important, I think, for kids. I don't know what I would have done without it. Yeah. I got it at such a young age, you know, I didn't have to deal with it. I was just taught how to do it. And, and I saw, and I, I, you know, since we went to that thing, I'm walking around downtown and thinking about all the things that I do with the traffic patterns and the cane techniques and asking people and just on and on and on. And, and I learned these things so long ago, they're second nature to me. It's not like I learned, I almost forgot I learned them from somebody else in a sense. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't think I could have done any of it without the mobility instructors. Quite a testament. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad I can talk to one and tell them. Uh, would you get more mobility instruction? Uh, I think I would if I needed it. As a matter of fact, I've even thought about it with, uh, um, with the, you know, now that I don't have the vision I used to. Um, and then, like I was saying earlier, I don't do a lot of traveling in unfamiliar areas. So I've tossed around the idea, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't do a lot of different things. I just, uh, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, I do a lot of, uh, I, the ordinary, same old, same old stuff. I'm not one of these, these are repetitions, right? So, 
Jerry grew up with a visual impairment that he felt he was able to move about with without a long cane most of his life. Um, Jerry grew up with a visual impairment and he felt that not having a long cane in grade school didn't really bother him. He felt he could move around, but he also benefited from the long cane once he got one. He never told me his visual acuity, except to say that it was worse than 2200, or legally blind. Uh, he had more difficulty at night. That he learned to use his long cane while wearing a blindfold did not ultimately seem to, pre to prepare him for night travel. A preferred alternative is to actually teach someone with low vision at night. That way they experience the benefits of their vision and the challenging of having less information. For example, when the headlights of a car come or the street lights, or as he described, being able to identify his bus shelter because uh, the liquor store had plenty of lights where the surrounding area was dark. Night blindness is much more pronounced in people with a visual impairment than people who are sighted. So under the same conditions of nighttime, sighted people are able to see more with less light than someone with a visual impairment. Jerry is rightly proud of himself and what he is able to do, but in my estimation, he was never given the permission to consider returning to get more orientation and mobility instruction. To get additional support for these very challenging situations that he finds himself in, 
Nighttime, streets covered in snowbanks, and perhaps learning to implement the latest technology, something that was not really an option when he was interviewed, but certainly is now in 2023. The field of orientation and mobility is essential. He definitely made a case for our field, and it was nice to hear. There are also very few instructors. There aren't enough instructors to cover the number of people who need us. There are limited budgets and even less time and money spent developing new instructional strategies in the field of orientation and mobility. Not a lot of research going on into how older adults change once they've grown up and now uh, what are their needs, how are they different, are there different mobility tools that could be more effective for them. What I'm saying is none of that is happening. Um, and it's really a downside to our field that we don't really invest in making greater and better solutions for our diverse population. So Jerry breaks his long cane in frustration rather than picking up the phone and calling for a refresher course. Why is that? Jerry continued to take public transit into his 50s, and this puts him in places with unsavory characters, never thinking perhaps he should just find a way to get a car and a driver. He's got a good job. Likely he could afford it. What are the messages being sent to adults and children who are blind about their ability to or need to access vehicles? Every sighted child knows that they will want to afford a car. But what about every blind child knowing, hey, I should be able to afford a car and driver in some way to make my life easier? Just saying. You've been listening to the Safe Thomas Podcast. To learn more about our mission to provide blind toddlers with a solution for walking independently with safety, we can be found through social media. Our website is safetoddles.org. We're on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Safe Toddles. And remember, if you can go where you want to, you should do so as independently and safely as possible. Thanks for listening, and please like, share, and let others know we're here. Come find us. This podcast was made available by generous donations. From people like you. Oh, we can go if we want to. Not as young and so am I. And we can just feel me from my heart's